Sup, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. We are in the middle of August. There's not a lot going on in sports. We got some baseball, football's starting up in a little bit. But right now, I'm going to be talking Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. It's that time of year. It's, it's, it's a fun time of the year, although I hate the fact that the summer is going to be ending soon. I know I love the summer. Nevertheless, I've got a great guest joining me today. It's Rachel Gerhardt. She's a big-time reality TV uh, watcher. She's a friend of mine from college. We took uh, communication classes together, so she's primed for the podcast. She's done some internships. And Rachel, will you accept this rose? Absolutely. Wouldn't want to accept any other one. (laughs) Hey, it's great to have you on. No, I'm excited to be on here. This is my first podcast experience and uh, really isn't any other topic I'd rather be discussing right now. (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you been watching the show? You know, I think that I really actually started watching it and understanding it probably I'd say middle school. I mean, it's been a while. It's been so long that I kind of I can't even think back and remember who was the bachelor, who was the bachelorette when I first started watching. But when I could see their faces again, I'm like, oh, there you are. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I was pretty late to the bachelor party, if you want to call it that. (laughs) I didn't start watching until around the time Chad was on Bachelorette two years ago. Oh, wow. So he brought you in, huh? Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) He was a hoot. He got a lot of heat and I liked Chad. Oh, he was great. So what'd you think of uh, what'd you think of the latest season? You know, going into it, I didn't know how I was gonna feel because of the way that Becca's last journey kind of ended with Ari, how she kind of was completely left in the dark and blindsided. So I was a little bit worried about how she was gonna be going into this journey and how she was gonna take it. But I mean I'm so impressed. I would say this is hands down. I mean, aside from JoJo's season, I think that this was probably my favorite season. I think that she was awesome. She was extremely communicative and talked well with everybody. Um, She had some great guys there. And I really, I didn't have too much to complain about. I think it was extremely entertaining and she handled herself with such class. And it seems like now at the end of it all, she's very happy. So I guess she reached the goal of the whole point of the show. So I'm happy the way it worked out. And I definitely am not mad at all about the way that the season went. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I know I enjoyed it. And I mentioned JoJo season was the first one I saw. That would probably be my favorite as well. Mm -hmm. She was awesome. She was hands down my favorite bachelorette of all time. I thought that she gave like so much personality and I'm such a sports girl. She had so many sporty (laughs) dates and uh, I really related to her. I loved her. So you like the group dates on this season? You know, I thought they were all right. I really liked the football one yeah, where all the guys, <laughs> the guys had to get down and play football because in this season there were two or three guys who were previous professional football players. So it was kind of cool to see them stand out and, and, and their talents and see some of the other guys who really like to talk big game kind of get shut down in the physical aspect of the competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you had Clay Harbor who's played – seven or eight years in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You have Colton, who was like a practice squad guy, but he was a really good college player. And then you had Kristan, who's a Harlem Globetrotter. And then Garrett was a college baseball player. Leo was a college baseball player. So there were a lot of great athletes on this season. Wow. 
yeah, you really know the background on these guys. <laughs> I had no idea there were so many. Yeah, I remember Leo had like a date where he was talking about how he's really emotional about he wasn't as good as baseball as his dad wanted to be or something. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it was. I didn't really like Leo too much. <laughs> yeah, well, it <laughs> he looks didn't like stand he's, out. he's he looked well. He stood out for his hair. Exactly, he looked like a lion. <laughs> I think my sister and I described him on our Bachelorette preview podcast as looking a, like a cross between Russell Brand and Troy Polamalu. Oh, I could totally see that. <laughs> the long curls. Absolutely. You, did you like his hair or are you not a fan of hair like that? You know, guys? I think that if a guy can pull off the long hair look, maybe not that long. I mean, anything past the shoulders is a little bit too long for me. I think if a guy could pull off a <laughs> mullet these days still, that's absolutely hilarious. And I think that's I think that it's kind of funny. But I normally don't find myself attracted to the guys who have hair longer than I do because, shoot, mine really isn't too much longer than my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom had a theory about his long hair. And I here we are talking about Leo. I was not expecting to go in this no, direction. No, not at all. <laughs> but uh, my mom had a theory that because he's a stunt double, what if he's a stunt double for women and he needs his hair long like that? That would make perfect sense. I mean, he he was muscular and built, but in the right clothing, I think he totally could pull off <laughs> looking like a woman. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think the stunt double, you just need the hair or a wig or whatever. Right. I don't think you need... And then, like, the height, I guess. Yeah. They can shrink you. But, yeah, it was... I thought they had a great group of guys. This was a... That seemed like there was a lot of high praise on... They did a good job of casting guys who were there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it seems like, like how you said, you started tuning in during Chad season. That was a huge controversy because everybody thought that he was there for the wrong reasons. And this season, it seemed like the hot commodity of of betrayal and and being there for the wrong reasons was Jordan and I like Jordan. Jordan was great. He I still like is great. Yeah, I agree. And the more <laughs> I see him on television, the more I like him and I think that a lot of the reasons why this show has to portray people like that is to keep people watching. I think that the producers have a lot to do with editing um you know, the film and the audio and they kind of cater it in their own way to make it seem like there's a villain because every season there has to be one yeah but then you you tune into something like paradise where you kind of get a little bit more time with them on camera and you kind of get to see a little bit more raw emotion and it it makes you think like how could you even how could you even portray jordan as a villain he's a complete (laughs) goof yeah he's just a fun guy i loved his and we'll we'll get more into paradise later but I loved how he had that quote about this is Chris's personal Vietnam and he painted that (laughs) image of him with like a crooked army helmet on and Colton coming in. That was like, that was so funny. His imagery and his metaphors are hysterical. He can never just say something normal without elaborating to it. And I think that that's absolutely hysterical. People can say all they want that he was there for the wrong reasons or, you know, he was just there for TV time, but... Yeah, sure. He had those moments where he was getting blown up for the Tinder issue, but everybody's got a past. I mean, obviously the guy wasn't having the best time with relationships, being that he got himself on the show. 
And, you know, when he, when Becca gave him the gold underwear and he came out to the cocktail party in gold underwear, I mean, that was just radiating confidence and humor to me. And I think that they needed something like that to kind of just, you know, chill the, the tension and the atmosphere. And it seemed like that actually just made things blow up so much worse because I think all the heat that he got from that stemmed from a lot of the other guys' jealousy. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that crazy stuff he did was totally egged on from production. Like mm-hmm. he's he was encouraged by get, being <laughs> given the pair of golden underwear. Of course he's gonna wear it. He didn't go around asking for that. And then David was constantly pushing his buttons. So I really did not find myself liking too much of David at all this season. There was only one moment where I was like, all right, this guy is kind of funny. And that was literally when he rolled out of bed from the top bunk and smashed his face. (laughs) I thought that that was the most relatable and hilarious thing that happened. (laughs) Aside from that, I I mean, on night one, when he walked up in the chicken suit and and went from saying Becca to Becca, that was hysterical. And I was like, oh, man, she's going to love this guy. But the more I, I saw him on camera and heard his views and the way that he felt and his hatred towards all the other men just naturally really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, you know, it's actually funny. I feel the same way as you. However, I feel like I've been in pre- appreciating him and enjoying him a little more in Paradise. Yeah. I think that... Uh, I don't know. I still don't like the animosity between him and Jordan. It feels yeah. like they attack each other too much and try to get each under not so much Jordan going at David but David yeah. literally loves to do anything he can whether that's just you know stealing the woman that he's currently with or making unnecessary comments like if we're going to talk about people being there for the wrong reasons I think that he might be one of them considering his main focus seems to be Jordan <laughs> and yeah. not the woman yeah I think yeah I think you're onto something there I agree I like seeing this other side of David comforting Colton. I thought that was pretty cool. You can kind of see where some of the relationships in the house from the Bachelorette have extended into paradise of who's friends with who. You had the Goose Gang, and it seems like Colton and David get along. And so I, I like seeing that. I thought, I like, I think he's got some redeeming qualities to him. I will say that Colton Underwood, aside from just being an extremely attractive human, has been one of my favorite contenders on this show of all time. Ooh, this is a great transition. I was right about to ask you, who'd you Uh like on this season? Hot take. (laughs) I like it. Favorite guys on this season undoubtedly were Colton and Blake. I thought that it should have came down to those two to begin with. Obviously, I'm happy that Garrett won for the sake that, you know, she... It seems like there's a trend going with all the Bachelorettes. You know, the last four previous Bachelorettes have given that final rose to the same man that they gave their first impression rose to. And that kind of, you know, tells you a little bit of, about trusting your initial gut feeling with this whole process. But there was just something about Colton and Blake that I absolutely adored. I mean, Colton just has a beautiful smile, beautiful physique, but he also is super in touch with his emotions. He's athletic. He has a great sense of humor. He truly has showed that he's cared about Becca throughout the whole process. And I think that, you know, I adore Tia. Tia was also one of my favorite people to ever be on the show. And I think that 
it's unfortunate the way it happened. I think that it kind of, I think production also <laughs> had a little bit of a piece of this pie, but. In paradise, you mean? No, when he got oh. sent home on The oh, Bachelorette. Oh, yes, yeah. And they really made it, you know, they brought Tia back in and had Tia say, you know, I, I still have feelings for him. And it just so happened to be the same day that Becca sent him home. Like, that was absolute emotional warfare, I bet, for him going home with this idea in his head, thinking, wow, the only reason I went home right now is because one of my ex-girlfriends came back and spilled her tea about how she's still feeling about me. And now my chances are ruined when he had the, the intentions the entire time of getting down on one knee at the end of all of this and marrying her. So I think it's unfortunate for him that he got sent home like that. I think I feel even worse for Blake. That was so painful for me to watch. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, geez, whenever I get nervous or I'm, it's really hot outside, like my face starts sweating. And when I saw him about to propose to her and his face is just dripping in sweat, I felt for him so bad. And I knew like, wow, this guy is about to get absolutely crushed. It seems like every season they always start off that final episode with the losing man walking up first, you know? Yeah. So when I saw him walk up first, I was so crushed. I really wanted him to win it. I felt like he would. When it came down to him and Garrett, I thought that between the two, Blake would have challenged her more as a human. I think that Garrett really sold her family when he got there. And, you know, he had that hometown date and he broke down crying and had such good conversation with them. You know, not every human is like that. And I think that because when Blake did there and Blake didn't have that same level of emotion with her family, it kind of made the family one up Garrett, which is okay. But I don't know. I think that if I was in her shoes, I mean, I obviously would have picked Colton, but I would have had that down <laughs> to Colton and Blake. I thought that those two were great. Well, yeah. And, and we all have different tastes. Yeah. I really thought Garrett was getting the winner at it the whole time through. Um, so I, I I honestly wasn't really surprised with much. I, I don't know if you were surprised, were you? I, uh, no, I can't say I was. I knew that she was going to pick Garrett when they had the date where they were talking. And she said he was the only man that she said this to. And she said, you know, you just remind me so much like my dad. Yeah. And yeah. that like touched my heart so bad because I know as a woman, like my ideal man has a lot of the same personal traits and characteristics that my dad carries. And I think that dads kind of want to set that example for their daughters. And being that she lost her father at a young age, well, not too young. I think she was only like 19 maybe, but... She lost her dad at a young age, and once she found a man where she saw a little piece of her dad in him, like, how could you not gravitate towards him? How could you not want to love him? So yeah. I knew when she said that that Garrett probably would win the entire thing. And once the whole drama spilled out where Garrett was liking inappropriate things online and Becca was standing up for him publicly on the internet. I knew I was like, okay, we we're going to have there. You're kind of ruining it all for us. We know you're going to pick him. I'm not yeah. mad that she did because I think that Garrett definitely was in the top three, truly most genuine fun guys. But I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was, it was pretty obvious by the end of it, who she was going to end up with. Yeah, I agree. When I was going to bring up that point too, about, um, the thing with the comparison between 
Garrett and her dad and how she also would say, like, my dad would love you. He would really approve of you. It felt like game over from that point moving forward. I agree completely, 100%. I mean, I... I try to be empathetic toward, towards her and think, you know, if I was in that position and I lost my dad, if I found a man who I could see a piece of my dad in, my heart would be sold, you know, because you get a little bit of the best of both worlds. You get the man that you're in love with and then you can look at him and kind of see a reflection of the person who you, who your first love was as a little girl, you know, all girls first love is their dad. So I'm happy for her. I'm happy that she could see that in him. I'm happy that she chose him for her sake. And, you know, they seem really happy now on all the after shows and everything that they post on social media. They just seem like they're in a really good spot. So, Rachel, I know you are a big first of all, I like how deep you're going on this. (laughs) I like that. Secondly, I know you watch a lot of Big Brother and I watch a lot of Survivor and it always comes down to the jury vote at the end. Yes. And I always think it's really funny when people are always like, the wrong person won. <laughs> and it's like, well, the, it's not about who played the game the best for the cameras. It's all about the social relationships. Like the game you're playing is to ultimately get the votes from the jury. And if you did that, I don't really see how you can critique that. So when people say, oh, the Bachelorette picked the wrong person. I find that even funnier because it's all about what her tastes are. Right, you know, and and, in, in this aspect, she is the judge. She is the one who's making that final choice. Like, we're all completely selfish when we watch this show because we watch it and we get our own personal emotions involved so much then we get attached to our own favorite person. And then when it doesn't work out, everybody gets so greedy or so, you know, just ignorant kind of towards you know, who she chose, but it's like, well, geez, Becca got chosen. And then clearly he didn't pick the right woman. And and Ari ended up going back to Lauren. So it's, it's hard to say, you know, yeah, you picked the wrong man. You have to be a little bit, you kind of need to see it from her perspective a bit. Cause think about it. We did not see too much of Garrett on air. You know, this season they spent a lot on David, on Jordan, on, on Colton, on Blake. And it's like, you know, Garrett won the whole thing. And looking back, you really can't find any drama that he was involved in, any, you know, negative or hateful feelings. He never, he truly never did anything wrong for it. So for anybody to say, and at this point, you know, Becca chose the wrong man. Okay. I'm sure you just feel like that because you think Colton's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Garrett, I, I like Garrett coming out of the gate. I thought I liked the way he arrived in a minivan. I feel like he was a good mix of taking it seriously, but also having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as you bring up a good point, if he wasn't the one who won, maybe would we would have seen a different side of him as more of a zany, goofy character, which I think he could be capable of because he always had her laughing. He oh, did yeah. that killer. Um, he did that killer Chris Farley impression. And that hit home for me. Chris Farley is my favorite comedian of all time. I think comedy would be completely different as a whole if he was still alive and living. So when he did that, I was sold. I think Garrett's great. I think he's attractive. He's got a great personality. He, you know, he's got good humor. He's got a gleaming smile, always has something positive to say. So I truly have nothing bad to say about him. She really picked a great guy. And 
And you get to know her personality so much throughout watching this. You find out so much about whoever the bachelor or the bachelorette is. It's like, wow, you really get to know them as a person. So you, I feel like in this case, we got to really know who Becca was. And at the end of the day, like, we all know that their personalities vibe so well. They're such, like, little nerds together, and they're always laughing. There was never the slightest bit of drama between them. She never had to, you know, have any of those serious, on-the-line kind of detrimental conversations with him, and everything was easy-breezy. And, you know, in most cases and in most relationships, sometimes that's not the best thing because people should be able to have serious conversations and get through that, but... You know, they they were able to get past him being previously married and having that fall through. And I think that for Becca in her shoes, like, that would be a very big barrier for me to get over, kind of. Yeah. Well, she's and been engaged she did it before. With ease. Yeah, she totally understood. She understood completely. They both got past that so maturely. I loved it. I yeah, have it was good. no complaints about Garrett. Good. I want to talk about some of these other things, and we'll wrap up on Bachelorette. Just a couple other characters, moments, stuff of that nature. So Mm -hmm. coming out of the gate, the guys I liked were Garrett and Clay. I was a big Clay fan. Did you like Clay? (laughs) I did. He wasn't one of my favorites. He didn't stand out too much to me, but I did. I liked the way he came out. I thought he had good personality, but was not in my top five. Okay. So I really like Clay, and then... After sometime midway through, I started hopping out of the Jason bandwagon. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about him enough. I, I did. I don't think really we've mentioned like, his name yet. No, I, I liked Jason a lot the entire time, and I think, you know, when it got down to that final three and he got sent home, the way it happened kind of broke my heart a little bit. The way that, I mean, I understand, like I understand it could just take the slightest little conversation to bring that realization to you, but you know, they're about to go to the fantasy suite and have this amazing night and they make one comment about the future and she just gets so overwhelmed that she has to send him home after they just had this amazing hometown date with his family. He's an incredible athlete. They went and played hockey together. I thought that he was amazing and I mean... He, he was in, in one of my favorites off the back the whole season. I thought he was great. And it's just kind of that sad. Whoever gets third place every year kind of gets the short end of the stick. You know, yeah. it's always sad that they get sent home right after you just introduce them to the family, right after you just had that awesome overnight, you know, in the fantasy suite. So it was sad. He didn't even really get there. He didn't get to have that opportunity. And I understand that she had to do what was best for her and in her situation, wished situation and she wasn't feeling it, but I really did like Jason a lot the whole season. Yeah, I also should give credit to my sister. She really liked him right away. Mm-hmm. I came around on him a little later. I mean, I was like, I saw the potential in him. My sister's like, he seems like someone that would be one of your friends. Aww. Could you see that connection between me and Jason? Yeah, I think you guys would totally be friends. You kind of have, <laughs> Jason has like that flow, like very nice hair. And you guys kind of have like the same length hair. You guys could go to the barber together and do little barber <laughs> bro dates. <laughs> Yeah, I bet he probably played some baseball, too, so we can play catch. Absolutely. Yeah, and then another character that we didn't touch on, and we I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on him, and you you might not know where I'm going with this, but I feel like the show 
was probably hurt by the fact that they had to edit Lincoln out of every single episode. Oh, because goodness. when the, the way they build him in that first episode, the first two episodes, actually, where he gets into the drama with Connor, mm-hmm. it seemed like he was going to be a big centerpiece of a lot of drama. And I'm sure there was a lot that we didn't get to see. You know, he was my least favorite of this entire season. I cannot, I mean, I think it really takes a lot for me to have someone get under my skin that bad, but I really don't have too much nice things to say about him. I think that he came on the show and was incredibly pompous and ignorant and, you know, the way that he was flashing that photo of the two of them and everybody's faces and especially all the outside drama with his personal life that kind of came into the light while the show was airing with, you know, how he acted at his place of work and things like that. Absolutely disgusting, completely filthy. I think she made the right decision sending him home when he did, because I felt like that connection was a little bit forced on her end. I mean, he seemed a little bit too in love with her too quick, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you don't want to talk about him for too much because <laughs> I, I don't know if I could have anything nice to say. Well, I feel like there was a lot of talk about him at the beginning, and then I heard Clay Harbor in an interview where he's saying he's just such a funny character because, like, I think the way they would have edited him would have been he's a guy who talks a big game but fails at everything he does, like the football, mm-hmm. um, where he's like, oh, what is a crossing route? I don't know. Or how about the first group date when he plainly <laughs> cheated. cheated? Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> Lincoln. You're setting a great example. Like, let's just cheat to get the girl. Cried. I mean, what kind of woman wants to end up with someone like that? And then he cried. Yeah, come on. Garrett and Colton, if you notice, those two guys were really nice to him after that. Yeah, because they understand. those. Those were two of the only guys who have shown complete vulnerability and have cried on the show and they really don't have any fear of showing that emotion. So I think that they kind of felt for him and it was good that Lincoln did have somebody there to comfort him. But I really think that I, I don't even think that he should have gotten on the show. (laughs) He was good (laughs) entertainment, but he wasn't really the best match by any means. Well, knowing what we know about him now, he absolutely should not have been on the show. Absolutely not. I'm going to bring up a, I'm, I don't think you're familiar with this situation. I actually just became aware of this uh, recently, but have you ever heard of the show I Love Money? I Love Money. Is that the old show that was on VH1? Yes. <laughs> of course. I used. To, I was big on all those old reality shows. <laughs> so I never saw it, but there was a the third season of the show. The gentleman, well, I shouldn't say gentleman, the man who was the winner ended up killing his girlfriend. And so then they just never aired the season. What? That's like the craziest reality TV thing I've ever heard. What the heck? Yeah. So That's disturbing. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, but I, I was making a comparison of like when you have someone who does something like that, you can't like humanize them and make them look like some cuddly, nice character on exactly. TV. Exactly. I mean, there's a big difference between, like, killing your girlfriend and and pooping on your floor at work. (laughs) Both are still pretty messed up, but those are just great examples of, you know, sometimes you can make those mistakes in life, and as bad as you would like to just kind of brush them under the rug, like, 
that kind of stuff will stick with you and that will haunt you, especially now in the age of social media where you really don't, you know, you really can't hide too many secrets if they're known to the public. I thought the scandal, well, I heard about that. I thought Lincoln also had a sexual harassment case. I'm, I mean, truly, I can't say that I'm shocked. He is just a very yeah. different breed of a man. And I think anybody who can poop on their floor when there's probably a, a perfectly fine working toilet a couple feet away has a little bit of um, personal issues. So Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm sure there's a lot of things that he needs to work on <laughs> himself. But yeah, I thought him and Chris were dragged on way longer than they should have. That felt like production kept them there because they wanted some form of drama, and then they ended up basically taking each other out. Mm-hmm. I think that was around week six or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always wonder if, you know, I'm sh- I, obviously production has a lot to do with the final cut and, you know, how the film comes out, but I always wonder if when they're sitting there and interviewing Becca, if they're telling her behind the scenes, like, hey, I know you're probably not feeling this with Lincoln, but he's just such good entertainment. Do you think you could just keep him around for a couple more weeks? And if that is the case, could you even imagine how messed up that is? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm sure that's, that's happened, you know, keep him around oh, just a I'm little bit sure longer, get some more views. Come on. But, oh, my goodness, you're messing with people's feelings and emotions. It's so disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes when I watch the show, I feel like a jerk. I feel really guilty mm-hmm. that I'm watching stuff like this. I think that's something that may have happened last year with Lee, who, I, if you remember, there was a part where Rachel Lindsay was talking. She just started crying, and she feel like I feel like all these people are judging me, mm-hmm. and the like I don't want to mess it up, and there's all this pressure on me, and I felt like. They so the show portrayed it as like oh she just has a tough decision to make but I felt like that was her reacting to them being like you have to keep Lee here even though she didn't want to keep him there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So they could build up this big moment where Kenny the hero can take down the villain. Well, yeah, I mean, sadly the show can't all be rainbows and butterflies and love and happiness. Like there has to be controversy, there has to be drama and. I think that a lot of the times, I mean, sometimes it's just natural, but I think a lot of the times it's kind of, you know, production just adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. And so, like, Chris went berserk one week, and then they kept him there, and then he went even crazier the next week. Crazy Chris, that is. He drives me nuts. Okay, we're going to we're gonna really dig in on him in parad- when we get to Paradise. Oh, but- yeah. Rachel, uh, who do you... Oh, we should give love to Blake for a second. Rachel, who who do you want to see as the next Bachelor? Well, just to wrap up both of these conversations into one, I would love for it to be Blake. 100%. I, would, I think that he has the personality to keep America interested. I think that he's got... You know the looks and the and the mentality and the, that emotional intelligence and you know women love him, America loves him. He got completely humiliated on, in front of millions of Americans. I think that if anybody deserves it, it should be him. I know that there's rumors spreading right now that they might be bringing back Ben Higgins, which yeah. I would be very very mad about. I hate yeah. when they do that, but my gut. And my heart are saying Blake. Okay, so I actually disagree with you on this because I like Blake, mm-hmm. but I think he's been through the ringer lately. Think about all the stuff he's been through with 
his his parents was being getting divorced when he was in high school, and then a school shooting, and then he was having panic attacks from this last relationship he had, and then he goes through this, and it sounds like this was even harder in terms of he was falling for Becca more than he was falling for his last girl. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he needs to be given some time to heal. I feel like when you go on a show like this and you're exposed to millions of people, all these people tweeting about you, like that can really mess someone up. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see the Blake redemption story in like a year or two. I don't want to see it right away because... I feel like we'd be putting him through even tougher emotional stuff of, I mean, I think he would have more fun with it if he's given a little more time to heal first. What do you think? I kind of disagree. I think that being that he's gone through so much, obviously there is, it's, it's heartbreaking that somebody so young has gone through like a lifetime of trauma um, it's extremely sad, and I think it's about time he just has a happy ending, you know? It's very rare that at the end of all this, you know, the bachelor or the bachelorette is unhappy. You know, it always seems like no matter what it is, it kind of ends up working out for them, and I'm just so ready to see it work out for him. I think that being that he's gone through so much, it would bring in, um, you know, a special kind of one, a group of women, people who understand that and feel for that and who can say, like, yeah, you were completely humiliated, but it's good to see you bounce back. I think sometimes, yes, it is good to take time to heal, but I don't think it's necessary to take it longer than it needs to be. I think sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and say, you know what, I'm going to be I'm going to be strong now. I'm going to move past this because time is never going to stop. The world's not going to stop turning for me. And, you know, I think that he just really deserves to be happy. I love him so much. I slid in his DMs. I said, hey, boo, (laughs) hope you're hanging in there. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) How many different uh, of these contestants have you tried to slide into? Just that I mean, that is so out of character for me. I really (laughs) never do that. I'm very realistic with my expectations, but he just touched my heart so bad. And he uh, he didn't reply, but he saw it. So that's all that matters. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) There you go. He's getting some love. That's good. <laughs> I like Blake. I, I don't think he translated to, like, must-see television. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I was compelled to him and his journey, and I think I would be again. However, I would go with Jason. I, I really like Jason. I feel like he's really good with talking to the camera mm-hmm. and making fe- people feel comfortable. It was like there was that part where Colton felt the whole Colton and Tia thing was unfolding in front of us. And Jason was basically interviewing Colton. He was like, so how do you feel about all? It was like he's trying to audition to be the next Chris Harrison. And I think that would make for a good bachelor, someone like that. I agree. I mean, I can't disagree with you. He would be my second choice. Um, I'm okay. not going to be disappointed regardless. I think that it will end up being one of them. Um So, yeah, I mean, I think that we both kind of have good hot takes on the guys. (laughs) Yeah. And then maybe when his playing career ends, Clay Harbor, I'd enjoy seeing him on there again. (laughs) You got a little man crush on Clay Harbor. Oh, he's great. I love him. (laughs) I I think we can agree that almost all of these guys who went deep were a lot cooler than Ari. Oh, my God. He was the worst. I mean, aside from (laughs) Nick, he was the worst bachelor of all time. 
Yeah, <laughs> that was they were really competing for that title in back to back years. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ari was a silver fox, you know, good looking older guy. But I don't know. I did not like the way he carried himself on his season. I didn't like, you know, all the attention that he got just for the the kissing bandit and the blue eyes. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I just want to give a little more love to Blake because I, 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 I wouldn't say I was too critical of him. Um, but I will, I will agree with you that when I saw him crying, especially a moment when you see the shot of Becca looking and she sees him walking away crying, like Mm -hmm. that really hit me. And I felt like tearing up watching that. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And that's like the one part of the show that absolutely sucks is like you get this down to two people and at the end of the day, somebody is going to end up heartbroken and nobody deserves to be in that position. And that's kind of where the unnaturalness of this show is like goodness, you are crushing somebody when you don't even have to because that's just the way that the process works here. But that's why, I mean, I think that's why they have it set up the way it is, where normally one of America's favorites from who lost the previous season gets to become the next Bachelor or Bachelorette. But it's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's terrible. And I think that a lot of people can relate to being in those positions where you just are devastated and crushed and another person just completely you know, wipes away all of your happiness, but we've all bounced back from that. And I hope that Blake has that same, you know, that same energy and that same positivity to get back to who he is. Yeah, I hope so too. Let's shift gears over to paradise. So here's a good way to lead us in. If you were out there on paradise, which I don't know if that'd be interest of interest (laughs) to you or not, but which guy would you be if you, came in you had a date card who would you take other than colton because oh (laughs) you all right so i first want to say i truly wish i obviously have always just wanted to go and be on a reality tv show i think i'd be great entertainment for america and i I think i would be too i wish that i could just go on bachelor in paradise without having to go through the process of (laughs) going through the bachelor truly i think i would have a blast in paradise i love the atmosphere there i like just i like it all a lot better i think that if i was in that position you know i always had the hots for colton but seeing paradise has me you know i would take canadian kevin oh fireman fox he's good looking man he's got a great personality great body loving knows what he wants he definitely especially because all the heat that colton's getting i mean episode two of bachelor in paradise kind of made me look at colton with a little bit of a crappy face because i didn't like you know the way he talked to Tia and I didn't like his answer to her question. So I was like, Oh, okay. I think I might be a little bit team Kevin. (laughs) I actually feel like Colton got a raw deal out of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't think he was as bad as the edit was making him out to be. Yeah. So let's, let's just rewind a little bit. First of all, Tia goes, they basically mess with Tia and Colton by having her there before he gets there. And then they give her a date card and she has to go on it. And it seemed like she didn't want to go with anyone. And I felt like she was probably like, hey, who should I take? And they're like, ooh, take this crazy Chris guy. This will be interesting. It's just another, you know, another aspect of the power of production. You yeah. all, like you obviously know that they did it that way. 
You yeah. know that Colton and Tia went into this knowing that each other would be there. Tia made yeah. it very clear right away. I'm here, you know, to make amends with Colton. And then when she got put into that spot where, you know, he wasn't there, she had to make a choice. I was so shocked of yeah. everybody there. You chose Chris. What? And then you say after your date, you say, oh, Colton who? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Chris is the worst. He's terrible. I hate yeah. everything he brings to the table. He st- he constantly has to stir the pot. He says one thing, but his actions completely say something different. So I was disappointed when she did that, but I obviously know, you know, the producers did that on purpose. There's no way that they would have just allowed Colton and Tia to both be there together on the same day. And, you know, just have it be magical, work it out happily ever after. No, they had to put a little bit of a rift between them. And it's clearly been working so far. Yeah. And I feel like with Chris, he's not like, as we talk about some of these villains, like Chad, who's a fun villain because (laughs) he's so colorful. Like Chris is a snooze. Like, I don't think he's interesting at all. Mm -mm. Coming into uh, Bachelorette, when I first saw him, I identified him as like, you have wins above replacement in baseball. Like, he's the replacement level guy. Like, he just seems like he's so average in, like, everything he does. Except his personality is not <laughs> is below average, I would say. I agree completely. I think that he is such a dud. I mean, he truly is. Like, they didn't make him a villain in the previous seasons. They kind of just made him look like a crazy guy who can't control yeah. his emotions. And I don't understand. He was doing villainous stuff, though. How could you not make him the villain? Of course. And even now, like Chris comes into this, says, "Oh yeah, Tia's great. I'd love to do this with Tia." Is talking up Tia's ear. Tia's this. Tia's that. Is is any chance that he gets to talk poorly about Colton? He's taking advantage of that. The guys there clearly are are just annoyed with the whole situation. And instead of just minding their own business and not getting their noses where they shouldn't be, they're Stirring the pot, making it, you know, more emotional and hard on Tia and Colton than it needs to be. And and when Chris, at the beginning of the second episode, went out by the beach and started acting like he was Danielson from The Karate Kid, like, that was such a slap in the face to Danielson because <laughs> The Karate Kid was a complete boss. And for Chris to think that he shares even the slightest bit of traits with Danielson, he's out of his mind. But we all know that. You know, he was starting to remind me of, I know you haven't seen a whole lot of Survivor, but there's a character who, his name, everyone just called him Coach. Oh, I know. Uh, I do know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Coach. Yeah. Where he did, like, the Coach Chi on the beach Mm -hmm. and gave himself a nickname as the Dragon Slayer and you have the Goose, except Coach was, like, interesting and funny. Yeah. (laughs) You know, anybody who talks about themselves in, like, third person, yeah. it, it makes me think, all right, you are you are a little bit too full of yourself right now. I think it is good for, for us as individuals to all, you know, view ourselves highly and keep our standards high, and that's great. But it's another thing when he says, you know, all this incredibly cocky comments and then his actions just make him look like a complete pansy. Yeah, and if, you, if you're if you going to give yourself a nickname and do the whole third person thing, you got to own it. Like, I agree. Like, for instance, do you know Johnny Fairplay from Survivor? No. Oh, he, the name's he, familiar. Okay, he famously had, at the loved one visit, 
his uh, he had his friend come, and his friend told him that his grandma died, except she didn't die. What? And he created this dead grandma lie, and he basically became like his goal going in was like, I want to be the greatest villain in reality TV, and like he. He's like a really cool guy outside of the show, but he created this whole persona and he owned it and it was great TV. See, I think that if, if that's your intention going into it is, is making a name of yourself and wanting to more so shine a light on yourself on America instead of being there for the whole purpose of the show, whether it's trying to win a competition or trying to win the girl, like, come on, if you're, if you are going to do it, you have to own it. You have to do it. You have to go there and your only intention should be, I want to be a great villain, you know, and you can't get lost in that. And the fact that Chris didn't have the intention of all at all of being a villain and he kind of just looks like an idiot. It's embarrassing for him. (laughs) It's it's entertaining for me because I love to watch The Bachelor and The Bachelor in Paradise and laugh at, you know, everyone who just does ridiculous things. But he completely rubs me the wrong way. I truly hope that he gets shafted with all of this and just yeah. ends up getting heartbroken and not getting a rose and getting sent home <laughs> because I can't see anybody there. Well, I don't know now, but yeah. I can't really see anybody ending up with him. Yeah. And if we're going to compare him to some of the other people who are in paradise, like someone like crystal, she knows she's a villain and she rocks it. She owns it. Oh yeah. I could not stand crystal at first when she was talking in that fake voice on Ari <laughs> yeah. season, trying to be all sweet. The voice drove me nuts, but I have always loved Crystal. I love her confidence. I love her humor. She is sweet <laughs> when she wants to be. She gets what she wants. I think she's wonderful, and I like her so much more now in Paradise than I ever have when she was on The Bachelor. I was excited about her and Kenny, and then it didn't end up working out. Um, Crystal's like, you know, I'm going to stay the villain. I'm going to keep doing being Crystal and everything. And then we had that whole line about the cheese moves. Like, do you understand what Eric and Kenny were talking about? Right. She's <laughs> such an airhead sometimes. I think it's hysterical. She, I, You could just tell, you know, she says that she is here to get married at the end of this and wants to find that true love. Well, it's like, good God, girl, you just went on a great date with Kenny. He's such a nice man. He's a father. He clearly knows what he wants. Initially, she was with Kevin. I'm extremely jealous, but I thought they were a great couple, you know? And then she kind of just blew that up for Kenny and then blew up Kenny now for Chris. It's like, all right, Crystal, if you are going to continue to say you know what you want so badly, you're not really acting that way. You kind of are just looking like a homie hopper. I can't disagree with you there, but I thought they edited that scene very, very well, how they were clipping in the parts of their conversation while simultaneously showing Crystal moving around and Mm -hmm. action happening. It was that was really cool. Sometimes I like, you know, her ability to finesse people. And, you know, it's interesting. She makes for great television. But for somebody who, you know, is so, you know, sure of what she wants, she just, she doesn't, she seems like the most (laughs) unsure out of everybody there. Or another one. How about Bibiana? She's just someone, she knows what plays well on TV. She's a hoot. She just does it, and it's great. Like, you gotta, if you're gonna be a character on a show, 
and you're not going to be there for the right reasons, like you got to create a character that you're going to stick to and just rock it. You know, I'm to the point where I don't even know if that's a character. I truly think that that is just who (laughs) she is. She's so relatable and hilarious. And I will say, I am very happy with the decision that she made. I thought that in the first episode when, or it was the second episode, I believe, when it gets down to you know, her with the final rose, she gives it to Colton and said to him, you know, I know this, this isn't for me, but I really hope you take this rose and you learn to figure out what you want and enjoy your time here. And I I think, you know, you just, you're not ready to go home yet. I think that that was, if I pictured myself in her position and I was in her spot and I hadn't made any relationships yet, I would have done the same kind of selfless act where I could have kept somebody who I knew had some unfinished business and sending him home would have just made it worse for all of them. Yeah. And as we, we mentioned a little bit, I wasn't crazy about the way that people ragged on him. It seemed like they were really trying to force this narrative of Colton's not here for the right reasons. He just wants to be on TV. And it's like, well, all of you want to be on TV. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, and good God. The guy just literally, literally yeah. not even a month prior to the show or two months prior to the show was, head over heels in love with Becca and was ready to marry her. I mean, geez, when I think about me a month or two after a breakup or something like, um, hello, I'm definitely not ready to just be like, all right, let's go. Let's wind down into a new relationship and get married. You know? Yeah. I totally feel for him. I think that, well, I hope, but I have a very good feeling that Colton and T are going to end up together the way Mm. that he you know, went and sat down and had a mature conversation with her after they had an extremely petty conversation. I didn't like what he had to say, but, you know, whatever. In their original conversation when he said, you know, no, I don't want to be completely tied down to you. I don't know what I want. But then, you know, he said one thing that kind of was a little sad, but then he backed that up with his actions going to Tia being like, hey, I can't see you get hurt. It will absolutely crush me. You got to know what's going on behind your back because you're being told one thing and another thing is completely happening that you don't even know about. And that just is a very good sign for me, especially after Colton got that closure from Becca when she came to paradise and said, you know, it's done. It's over with. You didn't get sent home because of her, whatever. I don't know. I've got a good feeling about them. I think that he is, you know, just even throughout three episodes is growing and maturing and learning why he's there, what he wants. And that's kind of the whole purpose of the show in in general. I actually didn't have as much an issue with what he was saying to her initially because I could, I like the fact that he was honest. He wasn't, he wasn't like, Hey Tia, I'm here for you. And then he's not backing it up. Like Chris, I like how he says, you know, I respect you so much. I'm telling you the truth and this is how I feel. And I don't know what I want. And I came here to see if I can figure it out. And I, I thought that was all right. And I also want to back up to Bibiana giving him the rose. Do you think that there could have been any production suggestion there? Which I think Bibiana would have given it to him anyways. But I feel like they could have been like, wow, we really are messing with Colton and Tia right now. We dropped them in at later and everyone, no one else wants to talk to him because of the way that this whole thing is unfolded. And they felt like we should give them another chance to stick around. What do you think? You know, I'm sure that production, when it got down to it, said, you know, hey, maybe you should consider this. 
But I get such a genuine vibe from her, and I can tell that they were already very good friends to begin with, and that, you know, there really wasn't any romance between the two of them. They were just good friends. And when I try to put myself in her shoes, I know I would do the exact same thing for one of my great guy friends, just letting him have another chance when when it's not in his hands. So I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel. But I think she made the genuine decision herself more so than being swayed by the production. Okay. And what do you think about um, how I viewed the whole Colton situation? I think it's completely reasonable. I mean, you are a guy and I am a girl, so it's going to be a lot more understanding for you to relate to the guys (laughs) and the guys' perspectives. And I'm obviously going to be a lot more understanding of the women's perspectives. But I think that we have the same general, you know, idea of who he is. You don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's there for the wrong reasons. I don't think that you do either. I think that anybody in his position would be completely lost and completely unsure of what direction to go in. And he's just kind of roll like he's trying to roll with the punches. The guy literally broke down sobbing on national television. And I can guarantee you, there may be maybe one or two other guys this season who can do that. You know, he's struggling. you got to feel for him. Yeah. And I, I think that could have also been a product of people were just being mean to him. Yeah. Like they were avoiding him like he had the plague. And yeah, it was tough. Let's go over to some of these other places because we don't want to go on too long here. <laughs> but how about how about Venmo John? What do you think about him? Venmo John. Why am I blanking on him right now? <laughs> Who is he's Venmo not... John? <laughs> he's that's the funny thing. He did he was invisible on Becca's season. I don't he's know the who that guy. is. He oh! got two dates. Oh my god, he is such a goof. <laughs> I think he's such a dweeb. I don't know. I Yeah, I'm not crazy about him. I think he's I think he means well, but I think he is a nice man. He's obviously clearly intelligent. I think that he is, this is going to sound wild, but like, I think that he should be with a woman who is on his same level of intelligence. And I don't think that there is one there. (laughs) I think that he is such a genius. You could tell that he is smart and he's, he clearly has a good job. And, you know, in his intro to the show, he's like raining his money and counting all of his money up. I can't remember him at all on Becca's season, but this season I'm like, what the heck? He, he, I think that Caroline is such a babe and, you know, Tia's friend. Yeah. And then he was sitting on the daybed with her with his arm around her, getting all close and cuddly with her, and then just gets swept away by Jubilee. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on? Since when does this guy become a player? <laughs> the whole thing was very confusing because... First of all, this was like my introduction to Caroline because I stopped watching Ari season because I was so bored. Mm-hmm. I just checked in and out. And I was like, wow, she seems she's really cute. She seems like she seems fun. Like I like her ADD type of personality that mm-hmm. I have. And then there's I think John even used the word endearing the way that she was nervous. How like I feel like that was a much more human reaction of coming into a place like that. Like, of just being nervous and being like, all these people know each other. So I was like, yeah, she seems pretty cool. I didn't know why she picked John. And then the fact that she seemed so into him was so surprising because 
when she, he was talking, she didn't seem very interested in the stuff that he was talking about. She was like, oh, look, there's a cute little dog. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for her because it's such a tough spot to come into paradise. Yeah. You know, after everybody's already formed relationships, you're kind of just stuck with the leftovers. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. He's a goof. I don't know. I really hope he gets sent home soon because I don't think he's good TV entertainment. No. I think that there's a he's lot of people normal. in America who feel the same way. Yeah. I think that there's one person who we haven't spoken about at all who 100% <laughs> stole my heart and I would literally accept an engagement ring from him right now. <laughs> Grocery store Joe. Grocery store <laughs> Joe. Oh my God. I, I love him. I think that I'm very happy that he didn't get the chance with Becca. I am because I don't think that the two of them would have made a good couple at all. At all. Yeah. I adore Kendall. I think that her interests are extremely weird. She freaks me out <laughs> a little bit with the taxidermy and how she eats picnics in, in, in cemeteries. That's really weird. But at the end of the day, she is such a cool human. She's so sweet and in touch with her emotions and, you know, makes everybody else feel so comforted. And she's intelligent and she can see, you know... She could see like right through Joe. She she could see right through him already. She knows, you know. He doesn't even know that he's a good-looking man, you know. He's so funny yeah. and and everybody <laughs> likes him. I don't think he I don't think anybody has the I don't think anybody could be mad at the, at him if they wanted to. He's you know, we're from the Chicagoland area. We can relate yeah. to people who are from there, but he's just so much like us and he's so loving and funny and cute. And he just, I feel like whenever I see him on the show, it makes me think like, oh, he's so much like this person or he's so much like this person. Like he's so relatable and loving. It's just unreal how somebody who gets sent home on night one makes such an impact on America just after, you know, a little bit, a couple minutes of TV time. Like, he's obviously special. I want to challenge one thing you said real quick. Yeah. So, you said you would marry him. Mm-hmm. You, or you would, accepting, you would accept an engagement ring from him. What if he, you found out he was a Sox fan? Would that change anything for you? Oh, dear. No, I will say <laughs> all of my old previous boyfriends, we have never agreed on all aspects of sports. I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago, and I... <laughs> was raised a Sox fan. And then, you know, once wow. once I got to the point where I was like, all right, I don't need to be a Bears fan and a Sox fan my whole life. I can be, you know, I can root for the team that I like the most. I said, you know, I'm switching to the north side. I'm going to go be, a, you know, a fan of the good guys. I can understand why people like the White Sox, but I would absolutely love to date somebody who's a White Sox fan because they're <laughs> terrible. Like I would love to rub in all the wins that my Cubbies are getting every week and they're losing faces. Well, the other thing is that the tickets are so cheap. You can go to a lot of games. Oh yeah, exactly. And I can sit right behind the plate. Yeah, <laughs> instead exactly. Of, instead of in the bleachers. <laughs> well, I want to say, yeah, I like Joe. I think he's been fun. He's great TV. He just seems like such a Midwesterner, Chicagoan guy. It's like the best Chicago accent I've ever heard. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that's that's one thing that always, like, woos me. Like, a person with an accent is so interesting to me. I feel like I would never get bored of their voice. And his accent is just the cutest thing. He's always smiling and is so happy and positive. He really, truly has nothing bad to say about everyone. 
even on like the reunion episode or with the men tell all when everybody is sitting there hating on yeah. Jordan, Joe's just smiling. Like, I love you, Jordan. You know, he's so kind. He's, I love him. <laughs> yeah. My sister said that one of her friends saw, are you ready for this? Oh God. This is a different thing than what I texted you about. <laughs> okay. So one of my sister's friends was at Lala, Lollapalooza. Guess who they see there? Grocery store Joe and team model Jordan oh together hanging God, out. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I would have. They got a picture with him. Are you kidding me? I am so jealous. I would have gone up to those guys and just been like, let's go. Let's dance. Let's go <laughs> listen to some music. I love you. I would. I think, I mean, Jordan definitely is not my type at all. I don't have any sort of like romantic attraction to yeah. him. He would just be such a great friend. I think he's hysterical. Yeah. I would have had a blast. That is, I'm yeah. very jealous of those chicks. <laughs> hey, maybe you'll see him at a Sox game or a Cubs game, though. Hey, that'd be nice. Apparently, apparently those two are tight. So he was visiting Joe, and then they watched the finale together. I saw that Colton was there with him too. Oh yeah, uh -huh. I didn't hear about that. I got this. I got the scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say uh, one more thing about Caroline. I thought that was funny how she said, I normally date jocks or Canadians. <laughs> like, okay, so why aren't you going for Kevin then? He's yeah. such a hunk. You go for the dweebiest guy there. I, I don't understand it at all. I think that I she's wonder, great. I don't know why she's like lowering her standards a little bit. Well, I was wondering if she's like, I just want to get a rose and then someone like, hey, like, how about like a Connor from this past season? If he came in, he seems like someone who'd be more her type that they would like mesh together. You know, it sadly, when I think about this show, like you cannot deny that it, as much as it is all about love and happiness and finding the one like. It's still about staying on television and, and yeah. remaining there as long as you can. So I think a lot of times people become ingenuine and make, you know, just a little kind of one night fling get you, just to get a rose. And that's understandable. I, I get where she's coming from. She's probably not going to want to show up there night one and then get sent home right away the next day. But she's going to have to try a little bit harder if she's going to want to stick around there. I mean, geez, <laughs> there's such a good looking Canadian man there. What are you doing? Well, one thing I liked about Kevin was Jubilee came in and she's like, I'm going to pull some of these guys aside. Mm -hmm. And Kevin was just like, you know, I'm really into Astrid and I want to, I want to pursue this. And like, I like how he was up front with her. It seemed like he was really taking this seriously and really is interested in Astrid. And I just adore, you know, people who fight for our country or, you know, the men yeah. in blue. And, and Kevin is a firefighter, and that is so admirable. I adore that about him. And and for him, aside from just, you know, having such a, a job that's so admirable, for him to have that conversation with Jubilee just shows that, you know, his character is just as admirable as well. He's such a good guy. Um, I really don't understand how, because I didn't watch the the Bachelor Olympics or whatever. I don't know how yeah, he either. ended up here, but I'm so happy that he did. Like, I really wish that, you know, the Bachelor would be kind of more open to that instead of just, you know, sticking with guys who are just in our country. Like, that just shows you, you know, there are amazing Canadians. Let's get some more Canadian guys <laughs> on here, eh? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I, I I think that'd be cool. You brought up the Bachelor Winter Games. Mm -hmm. It was funny, like, 
were we supposed to know who Yuki was? <laughs> Yuki Poyo! Hello, Yuki Poyo! Who is she? What? How does everybody know who she is? I've got no clue who this chick is. <laughs> at all. I have, I, like, is she from, she must be from the Winter Games, what I'm assuming, but I still yeah. don't know who she is. I even tried to go creep on, like, her Instagram to see some photos, like, were you on a season that I didn't know about? But... She just must have been on one of the, the international versions of the show. Uh, yeah, I didn't know what was going on there. The other thing was you saw the contrast there with Kevin being like, no thanks. And then Venmo John was like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like right in front of Carolyn. And he didn't like say anything like, hey, you know, I'm, I, w- I want to meet some other people. I mean, I like I just want to meet people. That's what I'm here for. Exactly. But he. And then he just went with her, like, right in front of her. That was so weird. Very rude. Very, I mean, that's kind of the name of the game in this show. Like, you need to go on the dates to stay there. But it's it's yeah. rude. If I was in that position and I was having feelings and establishing something with somebody already, even after just a couple days, I would respect that. Come on. Especially when you have her arm around her and you guys are laying there together already. And then you just... <laughs> get up and say sorry caroline i'm i'm gonna go with jubilee (laughs) (laughs) now having said that jubilee and john seem like a much more natural couple though you know i agree completely i think that jubilee is you know she very much knows what she wants just as john and and he even said you know she is she is you know a strong woman she could probably beat me up you know and sometimes <laughs> i think it's good for a man to appreciate that kind of strength that the woman has over him <laughs> yeah it was uh so it was interesting all right one last uh segment of the show that i feel like we should touch i feel like we've gotten on everything um how about we're getting this David Jordan thing going again. How do you think this is going to end? It's so annoying to me. Like I said earlier when we were talking about The Bachelor, I truly think that David does anything that he can to get under Jordan's skin. And for me, seeing the way that Jordan lit up when Jenna got there and the, their date made me so happy. And she just makes me happy. You know, she bubbles, <laughs> she radiates just positivity and happiness and She's so sweet and cute, and he sees that. The things that he was telling her, their date, their chemistry, it, it was very clear to America. Like, they are great together. And then here comes, you know, Captain Crappy David going to just come in and try to <laughs> stir the pot as much as he can. I just think it was hilarious that Jenna was able to kind of sit there and laugh with Jordan and just, like, take the cake and throw it and just get over it. <laughs> I I think that David truly should be the one who is, I don't know, David and Chris both, I feel like they truly have got, like, the most issues there. I think that those two are the ones who are there for the wrong reasons. I don't know who, I don't know what woman would want to give a man like that a chance when it just seems like their entire drive of being there is to start drama and instead of having the intention of trying to build you know a relationship that'll last and it's not a natural setting none of it is natural at all you know it's obviously (laughs) all pretty forced but geez at least respect the people who are there trying to build a relationship you saw the way jordan lit up you saw the way the two of them were talking about each other after the date and then you think ah you know what i think i got a chance with the girl what 
It makes no sense. It's just rude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely getting interesting. So, is there anything else on here that I missed that you want to talk about from the Bachelor in Paradise or anything moving forward? You know what I will say? Who okay. the girl who I really I don't know her. I don't remember her, but she seems very ingenuine. She just kind of I don't I don't like disingenuous. her. Disingenuous. Disingenuous. Freaking Angela. Angela. Ooh. The one who was playing football with Coleman yeah. and couldn't catch a ball for her life. <laughs> saying like, oh, Whose you dad just, you just want to see me bend over. Are you kidding me? Catch the football. Come on. <laughs> so she, yeah, she rubs me the wrong way. I think I want her to home. I wish like Bibiana would just find a man because I absolutely adore her and wish she would just get a little bit more love. Hey, but, maybe she could be a bachelorette. How about uh, that? She never would, sadly. I wish, but I man, JoJo stole the show for me. She ruined she ruined the hope that I have of ever viewing a bachelorette as perfect. I just think that she was the cream of the crop. Yeah, she was good. Although she went to Baylor and my sister goes to TCU, so oh. a little bit of rivalry there, but well, I mean I, I'm sure we'd still take pictures with her if we saw her at DFW. Yeah, and I mean, Airport. She's, she's, she's dating one of the Rogers boys, and Aaron yeah. Rogers is undoubtedly, I mean, I obviously am a Patriots fan, and I'm always going to be Tom, Team Tom, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and if his brother Jordan got any of that talent or any of that, you know, true, genuine character, <laughs> I think she'll be okay. <laughs> okay, uh, anyone else in this cast that you want to talk about? Eric, Wills, uh, Wills is gone. Yeah, I, I really didn't get too connected to any of them. Yeah, I like Eric. I do too. I haven't yeah. seen much of him. You know who I really didn't like was, uh, I think his Nick. name, Nick. Yeah, he's awful. Oh, God, that was the most awkward conversation I've ever watched on The Bachelorette with him <laughs> talking to Chelsea. And the way that he was, like, playing with his hands, being like, yeah, we just got a connection that it's just this connection. <laughs> and she <laughs> says, so uh, messed up. I'm going to go to bed. He's just, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I th- he got sent home, right? He, went, he yeah, got he sent did. home the first night. I'm happy. Yeah. That was weird. I think he needs to work on him a little bit more. <laughs> Hey, how about here's a suggestion of a couple that maybe we could see. We haven't really seen Chelsea pair off with anyone. Mm -hmm. And Kenny's kind of a free agent right now. How about Kenny and Chelsea? They're about the same age. They both have kids. Mm -hmm. How about that? I was just having this conversation with my roommate two nights ago talking about, you know, how hard it would be to come on this show when you have children. You know, like, who's watching the kids? Who's going to be there to take care of them? I mean, I'm sure they have it all figured out and everything's fine, but I think that they, they could relate over that. And they, there's, there's just an extent of being a human when you have children that you won't understand that level of life until you have a child and they both are there, you know, they both have the kids. They've been through having serious relationships, at least enough to get a child there. It's like, I don't understand how it's so easy for us viewers to watch it and be like, wow, you guys would be great. But they are there and and aren't there's no chemistry. So it just makes you think like, uh, I wish we could have a little bit more TV time with them on it so we can see if there is anything between them. 
I wish they would give, you know, each other a chance, but I don't know if it'll happen. I think that Chelsea's going to get sent home. Yeah, it, she could, and they showed the promo of her having a panic attack, which I don't know why oh, they yeah. did that. God, that was a little excessive. I really hope it was yeah. something serious that triggered that because she sounded like she was about to pass out. Yeah. Hopefully not too serious, though. Right. Nothing too bad, but yeah. geez. Um, yeah, another thing. We didn't really talk too much about Kenny's date with Crystal. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite one-on-one dates I've ever seen in this film or in this show franchise. <laughs> you know what? My whole life growing up, I was never really the biggest WWE girl. And the older I get, the more I love it. I yeah. think it's I think it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Obviously, we all know it's fake. It's about the plot. It's about the storyline. Yeah. And if I I even told this to April, I said if I was on this date right now when I was Crystal and I was just sitting in the stands watching WWE and the guy that I was on a date with just got up there and started fighting, I would have been peeing my pants laughing. <laughs> that was absolutely hysterical. I think it was great for him to be in his element. She was attracted to him, you know, his performance that he did up there. It was extremely entertaining. I think it was hilarious. Definitely wasn't like one of my favorite dates of all time, but I thought that that was great it was perfect for them they didn't do the typical you know jet ski horses on the beach dinner under a candle kind of thing it was fun and i like when they you know i'm a sporty girl i love when they incorporate sports and fun active stuff like that into the dates you liking wwe doesn't surprise me one bit yeah i know and i like it too the thing i was thinking they had to have had these had to have been guys that kenny had practiced with before because there's no way that they would just trust someone to go in there and, like, I mean, those moves are, like, you could say whatever you want about WWE being staged or whatever, and you you hinted on this as well, but, like, those are really hard to do, and oh, you have yeah. to make sure that you're not going to accidentally hurt someone. So I would think that those guys had either worked with Kenny before or... They had, I mean, he had gone over there earlier to practice with them. Well, absolutely. I mean, people can say what they want to say about WWE. Majority of those wrestlers are absolute beasts. Even the divas, they are rich. Nia Jax. You got to be athletic to try to do any of that kind of stuff. And on top of that, on top of, you know, being athletic and just being able to execute the moves, you have to memorize a routine, basically. So I agree. Like, there is absolutely no way that Kenny just went up there and improvised <laughs> it. I mean, he smashed a chair over a guy's head. There had to be a little bit of collaboration prior to it. I think yeah. it was extremely entertaining, though. Like, man, he's he's a good wrestler. I, I have no clue who he was. I've watched <laughs> WWE. I have no idea who he was. He must really not be too famous. But he did. he put on a good show for her. But definitely that had to be staged. Okay, and lastly, Rachel, um, what have you what have you thought overall of Paradise so far? Have you been liking it? Have you been a little underwhelmed? Are you looking for it to heat up? What do you think? I think that it has only just begun. I mean, they started it out with this heavy drama right away. Drama, drama, drama. I mean it's going to have to wind down at some point and things are going to start to get very serious with a lot of people. And then as more people continue to come and go, it's just going to get, it's going to continue to get even more heated. I think that 
you know, the best is yet to come with this season. So far, it's been one of my seasons of Paradise yet. Um, and I just want to see Colton and Tia together and, and <laughs> Joe and Kendall together at the end of this. I think that, you know, those those four just make me really happy. I really like who those four people are as humans. And I would just really like to see them all have something good go for them. Because those four have really touched the hearts of the American people, you know? Yeah. And Joe in like five minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So. That's all it took for him. And and Kendall being as weird as she is, like I remember seeing her initial tape when it was, you know, the first episode of Ari season and she's sitting there talking about her taxidermy and and how she plays the ukulele. Like she is so different in the weirdest way that it's appealing. It's like yeah. everybody's got their own interests and their own hobbies that majority of the time other people can't relate to, but hers are so out there that it almost doesn't match with this like beautiful person that she is inside and out. It's like I cannot picture this amazing human stuffing dead things <laughs> and eating picnics on dead bodies at a cemetery. <laughs> it's just the wildest thing, but I, I just really hope it works out for all of them. And I, you know, I'm a sucker for reality TV and I know that drama is what keeps me watching. So I hope that, you know, the drama's not done yet. I hope that they're not going to drag on this whole Colton Tia love triangle for much yeah. longer. I really hope it kind of just gets settled and that everybody can just. Well, not clearly not everybody, but I really hope a, a good portion of these people can walk away in a relationship together. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to happen for Colton and Tia right away. I feel like at the very least, they're going to be great friends. And hey, if they don't form a relationship now, it could happen in a year or two. Absolutely. And, and you know what? If that was meant to happen, it was meant to happen. I think that you know, I have both of them on social media. I know that they're both very involved in each other's social medias and always liking each other's things. Like, you know that there is still even now a friendship there, which makes me happy. So regardless if if they are making it work as a couple or making it work as friends, I'm happy. I know that I can, it makes me very happy as a human when I can look back on you know, failed past relationships and continue to be friends with those people. So if they can do the same, then m more power to them, you know? Well, Rachel, you killed it. Thank Your you. Your debut did a great job. Thank you so much. I'm really happy that you reached out and, uh, you know, wanted to chat about this with me. Yeah, of course. So I think I should definitely have you on at the end of Paradise. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure I'll have much more tea to spill. <laughs> And we could definitely be, you could come on sometime during football season or whatever. We'll figure something out. Yeah, I'm sure the Patriots are going to be getting some heat at some point that I'm going <laughs> to need to stick up for. So we'll just wait till that moment rolls around. I definitely will not be having you on the week after the Patriots beat my Steelers in the playoffs. Hey, I'm sorry to hear about Big Ben. <laughs> Heard old boy got a concussion. Yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, he'll and, be fine. Uh, and I, kept, I intentionally was like, I'm going to keep Jordan off the podcast for a while so he can't <laughs> brag about the Jaguars beating the Steelers. God, ridiculous. The Steelers are going to have it. a good season, but like I said, I'm always team Pats, so yeah, competition better watch out. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything you want to plug on here, social media, anything of that nature, or do you want to remain anonymous? Uh, for the most part, I'd like to remain anonymous. I don't think I've really got 
I'm, I'm, I'm pretty chill with my social media. It's kind of like just to keep it with friends and families. So maybe if we continue the conversation, I'll plug myself. But <laughs> okay. till then, it's a mystery. Right. Yeah, there you go. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. And I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack. Again, appreciate it so much. Had a blast talking with you. And uh, yeah, we'll do it again soon. Yeah, we will. All right, guys. Um, so that was Rachel Gerhart came on here, brought a lot of heat. It was a lot of fun talking Paradise and Bachelorette, and she was a great guest to have. So I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me over social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Velvita7. That's at V-E-L-L-V-I-T-A-7. Tweet me your thoughts on the podcast. Who should be the next Bachelor? What do you think of Paradise so far? Are you rooting for Colton and Tia? I love to interact with people on there. If you'd like to know when this podcast is always made, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You should be able to find us on there. That's Press On Sports. You subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. You'll always have one ready to go for your summer road trips, for your Labor Day trips. It's crazy. We're almost at the end of summer. But thank you all for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes. No one's left a review so far. So if someone wants to give us that five-star review, that would be awesome. Coming up later, I'm sure that Jordan... Mordini will be joining me sometime in the next few weeks to preview the NFL season. Uh, there'll also be some baseball talk along the way. Rachel and I will hopefully have another Paradise podcast coming out soon. And yeah, just stay tuned. There should be plenty to look out for. Oh, and one more podcast. I am going to be doing a podcast soon on the movie Like Mike from 2002. So Alex Stahl, I think, is going to join me. He did the middle podcast with me. And we'll be talking, like Mike, one of the great classics from our childhood. So you won't want to miss that. Having said all of that, this has been another episode of Press On Sports. Thank you all for listening. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters.